quickly into our teachings we have been dealing with climbing the mountains of life and we started by getting reassurance that god is with us that first of all mountains are inevitable they're all over the place and if you're not coming down from one you'll be about to climb another one and that's just how life is and we have been looking at what are the things that you need to pack in your bag that you can be able to summit the mountains of life. And we have seen many, many, many things that we that we made. We have looked at the importance of honor, how, you know, honoring people is so important, honoring around. We've looked, spent some last two days looking at gathering the people that you need to be able to accompany you on the journey as you climb mountains. And we saw that your ability to climb and scale mountains effectively it's going to be dependent on the people that you surround yourself with. And this is an important thing because we are not deliberate about it. We saw how important it is to um, leverage the people that God brings into your life through the church as an environment where when you are planted, you flourish. We spend a lot of time on just emphasizing that. And I pray that somewhere even today and even as we close the year, you're going to be looking at your life and saying, who are the people around me? Who are the people around me? Name them, you know, by name. And because when you know them, you begin to invest in them. You begin to make yourself available in them. You begin to deliberate about those relationships. You make them deep. You make them valuable. And, you know, you start building a very rich life. And I'm telling you, whatever happens, whatever, whichever mountain God throws you away, you will never find yourself alone. And we saw the house of God, the church of Jesus Christ is such a nice place that where God can use to send people that enable you to flourish and you can be able to scale all the mountains in life. But today we turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses 23 to 25. And it's a very important subject as we look at denying yourself. If you're going to be able to climb the mountains of life, this is a very important thing that you need to pack in your bag. You need to reach a point that you deny yourself. It's a two-letter word, you know, two-letter word, word letter, two, um, two words. Deny yourself. It's a key thing. If you're going to scale the mountains of life, you need to reach a point where you are willing and you are ready 
deny yourself. Matthew chapter 16, verses 23 to 25, the Bible says, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then verse 24, which is very profound, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I don't know where you are this morning, but I believe that the Lord Jesus is speaking to all of us here. You know, he told Peter, he told the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, I don't know whether you want to be God's disciple, I don't know whether you want to climb this mountain of life successfully, he's saying, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. And he said, for whoever wants to save their life, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for him will find it. Let's read another scripture here in Matthew chapter 8, that 6 or that 8, um, that we're going to make reference to as well. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 36 to 38. It says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, you know, when, when one of the things that is critical when we get born again and we choose to trust God is His Holy Spirit comes to us. And uh, he becomes a companion as you climb the mountains of life. Um, one of the marks of being born again is the Spirit of God being alive in you. And that's why you can never fake being born again. You can fake religion. You can be a very religious man. And you can never fake being born again because the Bible says he that is born of God as the Spirit of God in him. And that's one gift that we receive when we truly become born again. The Spirit of God in, becomes alive in us. He, begin, he becomes a teacher. He becomes, he becomes a guide. He's constantly guiding you. And we are saying as you, as you climb the mountains of life, you need to depend more and more on the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God is alive in us, he convicts us. And when he convicts us, sometimes it hurts and cuts deep. That you would be journeying, you'll be you know, doing life and the, you, you do something that is maybe not right, and the Spirit of God will not let you off. He will convict you. He will tell you that's not right. He will tell you, no, you made a mistake. Oh, you were too rough. That's not right. That's not the right thing. I, you know, he will, a Spirit of God in you will convict you until you reach a point where you simply just submit humbly, Sometimes with tears, you repent, you apologize, and you make good. And when you start living like that, when you when you can yield to the Spirit of God, is a demonstration that you are alive in the Spirit. One of the ways you can know whether you are born again or you are backslidden is how well you are being led by the Spirit of God. Is the Spirit of God in you? Is He convicting you? Uh, can you feel the pain of? 
when you do something wrong, can you feel the Spirit of God speaking to you? A dead body has no feelings. Those people that are, in, you know, when you're in the mortuary, in the casket, you don't feel anything. Even if you flog, even if you do whatever, they don't. And one of the signs of being alive in the Lord is being able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And so as we talk about denying yourself, uh, we need to know that when climbing the mountains of life, it's important to stay humble. And this is what Jesus was teaching the disciples here that um, you need to understand authority and operate in submission. You cannot climb the mountains of life when you're not willing to listen, when you're not willing to pay attention and be able to actually understand authority. And it takes humbleness, it takes humility. And we're going to deal with this for the next two days because it's just so important. Now, I must say that the gifts of God are irrevocable. Because sometimes we focus so much on the gifts that God has given unto us. And, you know, with some of us, we are gifted in many ways. And the gift that God gives to all of us, they're irrevocable. God doesn't wake up tomorrow and he says, oh, no, I'm taking that gift back. That's not how God works. The gift of God is irrevocable. And they will always work, whether you are submitted to God or not. The gifts of God will work in your life, whether you are submitted to God or not. And that's why if you look at, you know, some of the Hollywood stars and social media influencers, you begin to prove that worldly fame, money, influence is not dependent on submission to Jesus or his teachings. The world can give you fame. You don't have to be submitted to Jesus for you to be famous or even, you know, to be successful. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be submitted to to you know to God. We've seen people that are very ungodly succeeding. Why God has given them gifts? The you know the 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 gift that God has given to us is amazing. He gives all of us, every one of us, born again or not born again. There's a gift that He has put in your life, and if you steward that gift diligently, if you steward the gift of God in your life diligently. Those gifts will produce incredible results and gains in the world system. If you would you know, steward the gift in your life, whether you are born again or you're not born again, and you steward that gift diligently, it will produce incredible results. And that's why you see people of the world who are very famous, they are very good, they have a gift, they're using it well, and, you know, and they are, you know, they've just got it they got everything. It's a gift that God has given everyone. Same thing with us here. The gift that God has given you, if you steward it well, it will open doors for you. It will produce amazing results. But then Jesus says, and that's, why, that's the most important part of this lesson today. But he comes and says, and that's we find that in Mark chapter 8, verses 36. He says, what does it benefit you? What good is it, in Matthew, Mark 8, that 6, that 7, he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So he's saying you can use your gift that God has given you, and it's amazing, and it can give you worldwide fame and money and everything else. But Jesus comes and poses that question. He says, what? Does it benefit a man that you actually can gain the whole world with your gifting and then lose your soul in the process? 
And he poses that question to all of us. And when you begin to answer that question, you begin to understand why Jesus was saying you must deny yourself. Because he said you can gain the whole world, lose your soul in the, in the process. So when you come into God's kingdom and his way of doing things, the way this kingdom works is that in order to climb high, you must go low. That's what Jesus was teaching the disciples. That as we climb the mountains of life, we need to understand the world can only offer you money. They can offer you success and fame. But for so many of these things, they come with such turmoil, such emotional pain involved in that success. And Jesus says, what would it benefit you if you would gain the whole world and actually end up losing your very, very soul? And he says, for this reason, you must deny yourself. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. And he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And that's a very important principle because in um, before we read Mark chapter 8, that 4 to that 6, well, we make reference to Proverbs chapter 10, 10 verses 22 where he says the blessings of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil to eat. That's a promise. He said the blessings of the Lord brings wealth without painful uh, without painful toil for it. That's the NIV. So not only does, when God blesses you, not only does he not add turmoil, but there's something else that is extra. And this is what Jesus was referring to. Say, why would you see your soul in the process? He said, not only will I, my, the blessings that come from God add no sorrow, but he also says it will add you joy, it will add you happiness, it will give you fulfillment, it will give you peace and soul prosperity. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't, don't just do it like the world. The world will give you all these things, it will give you fame and, and your gift will open doors for you. You can have all those things. But if you don't, Deny yourself and follow Jesus. He said, you miss joy, happiness, fulfillment, peace, soul, and prosperity. And that's why sometimes you've gone to places, and I'm sure you, you see people that are, you know, that have got it and got it all together. They've money, they've got these things, but deep inside them, they're empty, completely empty. They are broken. They go to their homes, those big mansions in all the nicer dresses in the city, and they are so broken. They are so broken. Despite having everything, they have everything that people demand. They look at, wow, fleet of cars, big houses, a lot of money. But every time they go home, they are empty. They have got nothing. They are empty shallows. And Jesus turns around and says, for sure, really benefit a man if you have all these things, but actually lose your entire soul. And that's why Jesus asked that we must deny ourselves and take up the cross and the following. For if we do that, as we climb the mountains of life, if we would put that principle, not only will we get happiness, fulfillment, peace, and soul, but also will prosper. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord added no sorrow. But let's focus very quickly on denying yourself as I wrap up this, denying yourself. Again, in Mark chapter 8, 34 to 38, and calling the crowd to him with the disciples, he said to him, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, 
take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. I want you to note that whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, I want you to note that you are losing your life for the sake of Christ and the gospels. He says you will save it. That's very, very important because when we ask ourselves, what does it mean to deny yourself? It means you are looking at yourself and actually you are denying the pride that comes to all of us. Pride makes you not obey. Pride makes you not submit. Pride makes you feel more important than you actually are. And when he says denying yourself, it means you must overcome that pride, that ego in us, that thing that makes you feel that not submit. When we talk about submission, when we, when we talk about being submissive to authority, being submissive to the Holy Spirit. And because when you climb that mountain, you're going to need to listen to the Spirit of God to give you direction, to tell you, yeah, do this, do that. There'll be moments you'll wake up in the morning and, you know, without any plan, God will tell you, no, I want you to, I want you to fast today. I want you to fast today. And, and he just tells you to do that. And that's it. You don't know why he's telling you to do that. There's sometimes you'll wake up in the morning and instead of taking a different direction, God drives you in another different direction. You don't know why he's taking you that. But when you're sensitive to the spirit of God, you'll deny, you'll, you'll deny yourself doing what your body wants and you'll follow the leading of God. There'll be God, times when God will wake up and tell you, I need this. And that's what he did to Abram. What morning he tell Adam, go and sacrifice my your son for me. And he just obeyed and he went. Because denying yourself is reaching a point where you can actually you are submitted to God. Not because of your sake, but for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel. That's, that's the point um, we ask ourselves how submitted we are. When you talk about denying yourself, it is denying your fleshly desires. The flesh is constantly battling to be in control. The flesh is once dictate what you do. Every morning there's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. And denying yourself is denying your fleshly desires, where your body would do this. Your body would be sleeping now. You know, maybe we'd be enjoying our nice sleep right now. But you, you know what? You wake up and say, no, no, I'll not do what my body is telling me. I'll do what the spirit is telling me. When you conquer that, denying yourself is ensuring your fleshly desires have got no control over your life. With, and when I say fleshly desires is everything, nothing can control you. No appetite can control you. You are in, absolutely in control. You can stop it. You can do whatever you want. You are in control of yourself. Um, denying yourself means uh, denying the competitive need to be better than the guy next door. We all have got this competitive thing in us where you are trying to compete with each other. You are checking, are you better than him? And we are saying in this mountain of life, for you to be able to scale and you know, successfully reach the top, you must deny yourself. And denying yourself means, you know what? You're not in the business of comparing yourself with somebody else and feeling better than anyone else and checking, oh, you know what? How is no, no, no. You reach your point where it's not about other people. It's about you and God. And you're not bothered by what anybody else is happening around. You're not bothered by the progress of others. You're not bothered by the wealth of others. You're not bothered by the speed at which others are going. You are just comfortable with the speed that God is taking you. And you reach a point where you're not interested in any competition with anybody. You're just being yourself 
and loving God. That's denying yourself because the natural thing is for us to be competing and looking around what others are, are doing. Yeah, another thing about denying ourselves is, you know, not want, denying to be the, the man in charge or the woman in charge. Sometimes we, we want to be in charge everywhere. We want to have a voice. We want to have the final say. But in climbing the mountains of life, we're going to be successful. We need to reach that point where, you know, you don't have to be in charge. You don't have to be the one doing it. You know, others can have it. They can go after you, spirit. I call it that. After you, spirit. You know, go before me. It's fine. It's okay. I'll be after you. I'm okay. It's just have it. Have your way. Just go. I'll come after you. There's no need of us competing. There's no need of us fighting over anything. You go out, come after you. It's the after you spirit. You're denying yourself. You don't have to be in charge. You don't have to be the boss. You don't have to be the one having a final say. Others can go. Others can take their time. When you begin to live like that, there's something about that state of yourself that God helps you and you scale many, many mountains. As you climb these mountains of, your, of life, Jesus is saying, deny yourself. The last one, which I think we'll focus on even tomorrow, is humility. Humility is the bedrock of true success. Jesus here is saying, you know what? Be humble. Be humble. Humility is the bedrock of success. Let us, let us go. Allow us to go ahead of you. Don't think too much about yourself. Be willing to say, it's okay. I'll come after you. It's fine even if I miss one of the biggest transformations that happened to my life, I think you've heard me say, when I got born again, one of the things that really happened instantly, miraculously, is that pride, removing that thing of feeling that you must, you must have it, that you must, you, know, you must be the one to have it, you must be there, there, there. I remember telling God, it's fine. It's okay, I don't have to have it. It's okay for me to miss. It's fine. You take, even if it's finished, it's fine. I'll take what remains. Even if it's one, whatever little it is that remains, I'm fine. It's okay. It's fine. I don't have to have, you have, I can stay without. It's okay. And when we reach that point, I believe we become candidates and instruments that God is going to use. He told the disciples, deny yourself. This morning as we go to prayer, as I know my brother Joseph to lead us in prayer, I think it's, it's a prayer height, even as we pray for the conference and these things, Let's ask God to mold us to we have humility and just stop the competition, stop the fight. You know, we see what the politicians are doing and fighting and scuffling at this and that and say, you know, may the Lord help us. Reach a point where you say, it's okay. I'm happy to support you. I'm happy to stand behind you. You, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> because when we do that, God's power is revealed in our life. Simeni kubali, 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 sim
Nimeona utukufu wa kwanza ukishuka Nimeona mbingu pombali ukishuka 